Good morning, Mercy Culture. So good to see you guys this morning. My name is Les. I'm the lead pastor here in Mercy Culture Waco, where we love God, we love people, and we love mercy. I'm so glad to have you guys here this morning in the tent. We a little chilly in the tent? Stop complaining. You should have been here in July. I don't want to hear it because it was 98 degrees. I'm just kidding. So right, right through those doors, as you walk out this building, there is a brand new built, well, not a brand new building. It's our new building that we own directly through those doors. When you drove up, you saw it. And we are in the process of remodeling that facility. Uh, and we hope to be in it very soon as we go through that process. But in the meantime, God is meeting us here in the tent. It's been incredible. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I'm so excited this morning. My wife is going to be delivering a message on communication and feedback as we continue our series of expanding territory through heaven's culture. What a timely time to talk about communication and feedback as we head into Thanksgiving. And so there's a lot of new topics to talk about around the Thanksgiving table. Donald Trump just announced his run for president. That'll be fun, right? Everybody can't wait to talk about that with Uncle Bob. I wish I was there sometimes. Just, Uncle Bob, what do you think? I don't know about that, Aunt Sue. Did you hear what Uncle Bob said? Just sit back and enjoy. She's going to teach you not to do that this morning. But we're going to talk about communication feedback here in a moment. But I wanted to encourage you guys. Um, well, let me, let me back up a little bit. I'm getting off script here. The vision of Mercy Culture Church is to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. The reason why everybody repeated that is because we talk about it all the time around here. Because we know it to be true that if you are not encountering the Lord God every single day, your walk with the Lord cannot be sustained. The only people that I know that have had a lasting walk with the Lord are those that encounter his presence every day. And I know this to be true. If you can hear God, if you can get in his presence, hear his voice, and have the faith to do what he's asked you to do, you cannot fail. And that is because God is smarter than you, and he's certainly smarter than me. And his plans are greater than our plans could ever be for ourselves. And so our, our goal at Mercy Culture Church has never been to just have a good service. And our goal has never been to just build a big church, but our goal is that people would encounter the presence of the Lord corporately and then be lit on fire with passion to encounter God every single day. And when we begin to encounter God every day, his presence changes everything. And the way that we, we want to help you to discover how you best connect with the Lord, because we know that there is only one way to God and his name is Jesus. He is the only way to the Lord. There's only one way to God. But through Jesus, there are many ways to connect with God. And we've done a disservice in the church over the years and sort of implying and teaching people that there's only one way to connect with the Lord. you got to have your quiet time, right? you got to connect with God the way the pastor connects with God, the way the worship leader connects with God. But there are many ways to connect with the Lord. Some of you connect with God through running, through movement, through exercise, through conversation, through solitude, through, through worship. There are so many ways to connect with God, and we want to help you discover how you best do that. And we do that through a process that we call MC Connect. And MC Connect is the first step 
in becoming a part of Mercy Culture Church, joining and serving this house and becoming a member. But even more than that, it's the way that we disciple people into daily encounters with God. We want to help you do that. You can text the word CONNECT to 59090. A link will be sent back to you. It's a quick process that you can go through and learn how you best connect with the Lord. But this morning, my wife, Pastor Nikki, will be delivering the word today. I'm so excited. How many of you were here last Sunday? Pastor Zane and Pastor Jan were here, just blew the, the roof right off the tent. I told them I was afraid one of these would just take off like a rocket and just, it was an amazing Sunday. If you, if you haven't, uh, if you weren't here, I encourage you to go on our podcast and listen to that. Some of the words that he spoke over this house were just incredible. It was awesome. But I want to encourage you before Pastor Nikki comes up and begins to preach, um, this is the year of expanding territory. What that means is there was a prophetic word spoken over our house. This is the year of expanding territory. It is a, if, what is First Chronicles 4.10 year? Oh, that you would bless us indeed. Enlarge and expand our territory. That you put your hand of favor upon us that it might not bring us harm. It is the prayer of Jabez. And as we are entering the last few weeks of 2022, can you believe it's the last few weeks of 2022. So we're entering these last few weeks. I want to encourage you as a church family not to grow weary in well-doing, but continue to stand and believe God that this will be your year of expanding territory. We have morning prayer here every Wednesday morning at 630. We won't be having it this Wednesday, so don't show up because it's Thanksgiving. You can pray, but we're not going to be here. But normally, we have Wednesday morning prayer here at 630. And this last Wednesday, as we were praying, I just felt the Holy Spirit challenge me and others. And I want to challenge you guys as well to ask God, what area have I not expanded territory yet in this year that you want me to? And when I asked him that, he gave me an impossible thing to believe him for. He gave me something that there's no way it could happen in the last few weeks of the year. And I picked that up. And I began believing God for the impossible expansion of territory in my life this year. So do me a favor. Ask the Holy Spirit what impossible thing he wants you to believe him for. And don't squander this prophetic word. But let's finish this year well as we are ready to launch into 2023 and run with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, as I said... My beautiful wife, Nikki, will be delivering the word this morning. And honor is one of the values of this house. So let's stand up on our feet and honor and welcome her this morning. Thank you. Good morning. Well, I have to completely second everything he just said. And he didn't read my notes, but this was the whole first part of my notes. Um, I want to second even the MC Connect process because it is life-changing. When I learned that I didn't have to stick within parameters of, of encountering the Lord, it freed me. I was delivered because I thought I had to crawl into my closet and spend eight hours in there, which who has time to spend eight hours in a closet? <laughs> But I felt like I had to do that to encounter the Lord. And when I was taught, when I went through this process myself, most people come up with three tops. I came up with six, <laughs> where my top connects with God. 
And what it showed me was that I can connect with him anywhere that I am. I can connect with him no matter what is going on around me, whether I'm driving in my car down the road, whether I am in a closet spending one-on-one connect time with the Lord, or whether I'm standing at the dishes doing the work of a mother, I can connect with the Lord anywhere that I am. And so I just want to encourage you guys. I want to second that. And then also, I thought it was amazing that he said, he, he even read my, uh, my encouragement on um, expanding territory. We only have a few weeks left. Let's finish this race strong. Asking him and, and petitioning heaven the way that he did, the way that Jabez did for ourselves, saying, Lord, enlarge and expand our territory in our minds, in our finances, in our homes, in land, in our jobs. Father, expand our territory. So this morning, are you ready to grow together? You ready? Okay. Let's go to 2 Timothy 4. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. I feel like we're there today. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, be awake, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. I've come to tell you today, unity in him makes way for heaven's justice in the earth. The title of my message this morning is Unity Expands Territory. Let's pray. So Father, right now, I just thank you that you are already in this place, Father. We give you this whole room. We give you this whole room. We say, fear go, Holy Spirit come. Begin to just speak in your heavenly language this morning. Father, we just thank you. Be in this place, Lord. Fill the atmosphere in this space, Father. Teach us this morning your ways, that we may know you this morning, that we may find your favor, that we may grow in your presence this morning, Jesus. So we thank you, and we invite you into this. We give it to you. In your precious name, we pray, Jesus. Amen. Why is culture important? I want you to think about what's going on today all around us. Culture is everywhere that we are. And it's being built everywhere that we are, whether you're building it for the kingdom or whether it's being built by the world. But it is being built all around us. We are to be bold as lions for Jesus. Or you're going to fulfill the world's agenda. What we're seeing today didn't happen overnight. The enemy is so sly and he is so sneaky 
there's a documentary that just came out. And in this documentary, it shares that um, some funds were given to these organizations. And what they did is they gathered people. They taught them how to protest, how to go into cities, how to buy property, how to gather people and get people worked up to protest for the wrong things. And what this is, is it's perverted justice. But did you know this was God's intent to do this? He has called us as the church to go and expand territory, to go into cities, to gather his children, to gather the harvest, and to go and possess the land. He says to be fruitful and multiply and to subdue the land. Someone is subduing the land right now. So we have a choice to allow our territory to be stolen away or we have the authority as God's sons and daughters to go in and possess the land and to take back the territory that he's given. I preached a message a few months ago on the priesthood and I just want to remind you, what is a priest? A priest, they are the builders. They are the reformers. They are the repairers, and they are cultural, generational shapers. That is what we are called to do. We've been commissioned to be the priests in the land, subduing it to go and do the work of the ministry. In that um, chapter that I just read, in verse 3, it says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. So we are giving sound teaching, but people are not listening. They don't want to listen. They have turned it off. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth. They have found someone to teach their itching ears. And what the saddest part of this to me is, we're seeing it in the church today. There are some incredible men and women of God who have been sent by the Lord who are now, by listening to the world and by accepting the world's culture, is tuning their ear to the world. And it's become confusing. And now they're teaching and people are becoming confused. In 1 Samuel, this is is a tale as old as time. This is what... I think is amazing. We just keep repeating ourselves. History just keeps repeating itself. In Samuel's day, Samuel was a judge and a prophet over Israel. Samuel was growing old. And in that time, what you would do if you were the judge or you were a king is you would hand it off to your children. They were the ones to come and take your place. It's an inheritance. But it says very clearly in Samuel 8, he says, his sons did not walk in his ways. Samuel's ways was in the way of the Lord. And it says they didn't walk in his ways. So why would we ever turn over to our children? And I know that would be so sad to have to feel like you're taking an inheritance away from your kids. But if they don't rise up, if we don't rise up, we don't have an inheritance to go into the land with. He says, so his sons didn't walk in his ways, but turned aside, they took bribes and perverted justice. So the people appeal for a resolution. Make us a king, they said. They went from 
Following the Lord in the wilderness, letting him go before them, make a way, provide for them, fight for them, to asking for a tangible man to lead them. This is perverted justice. The Lord warns them and he says, if you go down this path, when you cry out for me, I will not answer you. I will not hear your cries. So the Lord told Samuel, hearken unto their voices and make them a king. And they cried out for a king, a man to lead them. And I feel like today in our society right now, our nation is crying out for a man. It is crying out for a king that is not our heavenly father, who does not have our best interest at heart. And that's any man. I'm not talking about politics this morning, one side or the other. The only king that is worthy is Jesus Christ, our Lord and King. He is the one that we follow. And I promise you, no matter what happens in our nation today, the Lord promises to keep us. When we stay in his presence, he keeps us. He shows us the way. But I have good news. In Isaiah 61, 1 through 4, he says, The ones who rebuild entire cities, reshape the ruins of culture, heal and set right the wrongs throughout the entire generations, and ultimately change the course of human history are the priesthood. You are the priesthood in this room this morning who minister to him as your primary vocation in the earth. When you ask who changed the city, who shapes culture, who made the generations righteous and in love with God, they are the priesthood. We have been called in this city and in Fort Worth and in our state and in the state of Texas and our nation to unseat the principalities of darkness. How do we do that? How do we unseat the principalities? We lift up the highest authority in this city and in this nation, and his name is Jesus. I love that this morning we're so in unity because that's what we're crying out, Yeshua. And every time that we do that, we are unseating the principalities. We are not focused on the enemy. We are just giving our focus to the Lord, and he goes before us. Did you know that worship precedes victory? In Israel, every time they went into a battle, they sent out the worshipers first. They go out with horns and with instruments and they precede the victory. They call down the Lord God from heaven and they, they set the atmosphere for the battle to be won because it's not about us winning it. It's about letting him win it for us. So worship precedes and expands territory. So how do we fight against this? This war of culture. Do you know how we fight this? We build the culture. We are the builders. It is our responsibility. So I am challenging you today to hear the word of the Lord. I commission you today. You are a builder. You have not been overlooked The Lord may have been hiding you for a season, but it is time to build his house. 
In 2 Timothy 3.14, he says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from who you have learned it, and how from child you, childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings of the Bible, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed by God. Do you believe that this morning? That all of the scripture is breathed by the Lord. It is ordained by him. And it is profitable for teaching. It is profitable for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. I want to be ready for every good work this morning. So are you ready to be culture builders this morning? Are you ready to grow? Let's grow together. We've been in this series of expanding territory through heaven's culture. And as we've been doing this, and we're continuing to break down all 12 of these, um, we have four parts to this. We have our vision. We take people from corporate encounters with God to... We have our values, which is how we act at our best. We have 12 of them. And we actually have these at the back. I made sure that they found these for you this morning, or you can go to the website. But I love to keep this in my purse because I, I reference it throughout the week because I want heaven's culture in the earth, and I want him to shape me. And so I study what the Lord says about his culture. So we have... We have 12 values. This is how we acted our best. Our unique characteristics. This is the reason why we planted the church. And we have our leadership standards, which is who we empower in the church. We have two values that we're going to dive into today. So are you guys ready? First, we cannot expand any territory until we are fully operating in the vision. So before we dive in, I want, to, I want you to hear this. If we don't understand and grasp the vision, the values won't even work. So it doesn't matter what this says. It doesn't matter what the values in the word says. If we don't hear from the Lord and take what he's saying to do out, it doesn't matter. So what is the vision? Mercy culture exists to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. We're going to say it all the time. I love how everybody responded earlier because we say it over and over and over to keep it before us. Our values are how we act at our best. And we can't act at our best and come into unity if we're not daily encountering him. Why you feel what you feel when you come in the room on Sunday mornings is because people are encountering the presence of God every day in their own homes, in their own lives. And so when we come in here, we're just spilling over. It's the reason why when you get in a conversation with somebody, you're like, oh my gosh, the Lord spoke that to me this week too. That's really funny that we're in unity because that's how the Lord speaks. He speaks to call us into unity. As we finish out these 12, I want to encourage you to take these into your daily encounters. Ask the Lord to speak to you. Ask him for his mind and his heart through these. Let him sharpen and refine you through his word. These are heaven's values. 
And I love that we've added scriptures to these. You can study them. You can go and study the scriptures. All right. Our first, our first value is communication. We say downshift. It says we choose to slow down and communicate clearly today so that we can move forward faster tomorrow. Have any of you ever driven a stick shift car? What? What did it look like the very first time you ever drove it? <laughs> a little wild. <clears throat> but the point with the stick shift is when you are trying to speed up, whether you're trying to go somewhere, go around somebody on the highway or you're trying to take go into a, you have to slow down into a corner, but you're trying to get out of that corner quickly, is you downshift so that it gives you more power to get around that corner more fast, just quicker. So, <laughs> I love this. Um, communication is the same. We choose to slow down and communicate clearly today, right now in this moment, because the goal is to have the ability to go fast tomorrow. But how do we go fast without hurting someone? I love this. Pastor Jasmine is one of our pastors at the Fort Worth campus. And she gives this analogy when she teaches this for SLS or in the church, in our staff. And she says, do any of y'all, I'm sure you have gone through this, but if you have a friend that you're in the car with and they're driving, they're in the driver's seat, and you guys are just driving along, you're going to your destination, and all of a sudden you hear Siri pop up, and Siri pops up and she says, one mile to your exit. And your friend continues talking. They're just chatting away, just hanging out. And all of a sudden it says, 0.5 miles to your exit. They're still in the left lane. 0 0.3, 0 0.2, 0 0.1. There goes the exit. Just completely passed it off. <laughs> I, I feel like, I don't want to pick on my husband. He is an awesome driver, but when you are not in control, it feels like you're out of control. <laughs> he is an awesome driver. I will give him this. But it's really funny because when I get in the car with him, he'll tell me, I have been driving for 25 years without your help. But I still feel the need to say, hey, you're going to take off on that exit? Hey, we're getting really close. You're going to take off on that exit? I know what I'm doing. I'm like, I understand that you know what you're doing, but when I'm in the car, you just feel so secure that I'm here, that I'm just going to guide you, just like Siri, I'm going to direct you. So you're just leaning on me, right? He just kind of looks at me like, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> but without proper communication, we either miss our turn or our exit. We take somebody out in the meantime, which causes damage that we have to go back and fix, which causes delays and it slows everything down, or we cause irreparable damage that is loss of everything. If we don't learn how to downshift and to pause and to get clarity, so much can happen. So many things can happen. We all need to grow in communication. And I think this is the reason why the Lord asked me to do this message, laid it on my husband's heart to ask me to do this because I am growing in communication. So I'm going to speak life over myself. I am growing in communication. 
This is a, a habit that I have that literally drives my husband crazy. <laughs> I will tell him something, whether I say, hey, will you go to the grocery store and pick up bread and milk? And he'll say, what did you say? And I'll say, bread and milk. What? Bread and milk. What about bread and milk? Oh, yeah, yeah. Will you go to the store? So I've got to give him clarity because he didn't hear the first part. Will you go to the store? Will you grab milk? And will you grab bread? Great. Okay, absolutely I will. Can you clarify next time? Thank you. (laughs) But last week, Pastor Zane was with us. And he said that he heard in the morning when he came, he said, I heard the word acceleration. And what I love about unity is Pastor Les came up and said, I can't believe we didn't even talk about this, but the Lord this very morning in my encounter time showed me a microwave and I heard the word quick. So we understand that we are about to take off, that things are speeding up and things are becoming quicker and quicker. So we recognize this. So we've got to get into unity. This is my first point. Through through communication, we come into unity. Unity is the goal. It is the goal of feedback, feedback, and it is the goal of communication. We cannot do the work of the ministry on our own. And it takes the entire body to accomplish his justice in the earth. To walk out righteous here. In Psalms 106.3, it says, Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. And Isaiah 1.17 says, Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless and plea the widow's case. We have to be in unity. Unity is actually one of our leadership standards. Unity says the favor... The favor of God is found in unity. Our desire is to be in perfect unity with the Holy Spirit, which brings us into unity with one another. We understand that unity pleases the Lord. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3 says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of spirit into the bond of peace. When we are in unity with the spirit and in unity with one another, we are into the bond of peace. We get to rest in his peace. We cannot do all that he's called in Waco and in our nation alone. We need you. We have to come into unity. What I love about everything that we do within Mercy Culture is we start every meeting, we start every coffee, every time we come around a boardroom table, we start it with culture. We build culture first. We begin to pray. We begin to speak in our heavenly language. And we ask the Lord what he's saying. We communicate what the Lord is asking for. And then we say, Holy Spirit, speak. Your servants are listening. We know that it's easy to hear him in his presence. 
And I have been so amazed that over the two years that we have been with Mercy Culture, that I personally have yet to be in one room around one board table while the, while, where the answer is not complete unison. It's because we hear from the Heavenly Father. So we'll go around that table and we'll ask, what did you hear? And whether the Lord gives somebody a vision, one word, or, or it just confirms to somebody else, oh my gosh, I didn't feel like I had an answer, but this morning in my encounter time, the Lord showed me this, and this completely lines up with what you just said. We come into unity before we go and do anything else. When we're in unity with him, it's easy. It's easy to be in unity with one another. Habakkuk 2.2, write the vision and make it plain on tablets so he who reads it may run. Remember, he says, write the vision and make it plain. We cannot overcomplicate the vision. So he who reads it may run. I need to run. So how do we make it plain? This is my second point. We communicate with clarity. We make it clear. Can you make it plain? Are you clear on the vision yourself? If we're not clear, then we cannot communicate the vision for anybody else. Have you ever played the game? I think it was called train or telephone or something like that, where you go in a room and you either get in a straight line or you go in a circle and one person whispers in the next person's ear a phrase. And by the time it's gotten all the way around the room and come back, it's completely different. It doesn't sound anything like what the first person said. This is what happens in communication where we're not clear. Communication is for everyone. We all need to learn how to communicate better. This is where we learn how to downshift is when we're not clear. How do we make it plain so we can go fast? We make it brief. This is number three but comprehensible. We communicate clearly and concise. We cannot be bogged down with information where it becomes confusing and there's nothing for you to grasp hold of to run with. So don't give too much information. But I want to encourage you that your words hold weight. And if you're confused, people will stop listening. They will not follow you. So how do we run fast? We downshift first, we come into unity, we get clarity, and we make it plain so we can all run together. When we get clarity, we run with confidence. Frustration comes in when we don't have or provide with clarity. We are getting ready to run here. Pastor Les has, has released this several times. We are getting ready next year to run. We feel the acceleration. We feel it. As leaders, we're empowered to run, but we trade empowerment for teachability and humility. We go low. We come humbly. The Bible says, let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtains obtains guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the word of the wise and their riddles. 
The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instructions. How many times have we been the fool? I felt so convicted when I read that scripture in studying for this. How many times have we been the fool and not listened to instruction and had to go around the mountain an extra time? He says the wise seeks out wisdom. He listens to instruction, which leads me into our next cultural element, our value is feedback. We say feedback, hear, hear. This is hearing with your ears. We hear and you hear. We believe healthy feedback is a two-way street. We welcome the opportunity to hear what's in your heart and we commit to clarifying what is in ours. I love this because when you feel safe in a situation knowing that you're going to get to come and give your feedback and that they're going to in turn give you feedback, it's for your good. It's to grow you. Proverbs 1, 5, and 7 says, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And 19 and 20, it says, Listen to advice and accept instruction, that you may gain wisdom in the future. The problem today with feedback is that people don't like the way that it feels. It's kind of hard sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes feedback stings. But we confuse feedback and criticism with a critical spirit. Criticism is the expression of disapproval of someone or something based on perceived faults or mistakes. So I want to just share with you, there's nothing wrong with criticism. But when it's given in a critical spirit is when you can break somebody. And we put people first. And it is for their good. So when, you ex- when you're expressing a disapproval of somebody, not of them, but of whatever their action is, when you're expressing that, go with the Father's heart. Because it's for their good. It's for the building up of the saints. Feedback is information about or, re- or reaction to a person's performance or of a task, which is used as a basis for improvement. It's a dialogue between people which reflect back how one person sees another person's behavior or preferences. We are in it for, for the improvement. Iron sharpens iron, and I don't want to do this by myself. I want to be sharpened by the people that I surround myself with, and I want to sharpen you so that we can run faster tomorrow. Think of a car. I don't want us to be the people that just check the tire pressure and then get on the road and take off down the highway. I want us to be a people that check every single aspect of the ministry vehicle that we have to go forward with. Are you checking the engine? How many miles have you put on before you have sat down with somebody and received feedback and gotten feedback and gotten direction? How long? How long has it been since you changed the oil? 
or put some windshield wiper fluid in, your, in the windshield wipers so that you can clear your vision. It is a whole entity that we have to tend to every part of it. When you feel it's been hard to receive criticism or feedback, I want to encourage you to take it to the Holy Spirit. He is a healer, and he clarifies what he means by things. Be teachable and humble, even if it's been abused. Even if feedback and criticism has been abused, I just want you to continue to bring it before the Lord. Chew the meat, spit out the bones. Everybody, I'm sure, has dealt with a parent or a friend who is just critical about everything that you do. But in criticism, you'll find that there's actually truth if you ask the Holy Spirit. There is actually some truth, even when it's done abusively. So what we do is we don't give in to that spirit, but we ask the Lord, what is it that you're saying through this, Lord? Where is the truth that I can grow from, and then where can I just spit out what just happened? That we're not going to to claim things that are not our own. James 1.19 says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. He tells us to be slow to anger. This is an advice from the Lord because he knows how feedback and communication can cause people to get angry. Do you want to grow fast or do you want to grow slow? Do you want to grow fast or do you want to grow slow? Fast. Okay. How do we grow fast in being teachable and humble? 1 Peter 5.5 says, Clothe yourself, all of you, with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So I don't want the Lord to be against me. Because that's what oppose the proud means, is that he's against you. He has actually set himself up against you. But he gives grace to the humble. So when I wake up in the morning, the first thing that I do when I say good morning, Holy Spirit, is I want to put on a cloak of humility. I want to go in low and say, Lord, what are you teaching me today? How do you want me to go out and give feedback and receive feedback and be sharpened by you? I'm going low. We have to pursue humility. There is healthy feedback And this is where we need to grow. Number one, feedback is a two-way street. We welcome the opportunity to hear what is in your heart, and we commit to clarify what's in ours. Don't give place to the enemy. Do not get angry. You will cut off a facet of the Lord, of what he's trying to show you. What are some things that have kept us from this actual thing? In my own experience, I have literally feared people coming and telling me any kind of feedback. Because for one, I feel I become insecure. Pride, well, well, wait a second, what do you mean? Why are you correcting me? I, I went and studied, I did all of this. And now you're going to correct me? It's not like that. Feedback is to grow you. So it's the way that we perceive it. It's been abused at times. Or we're just afraid of man. Fear of man can stop your growth. We cannot fear man. We can only fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. 
That's what the word says. Our pastors walk in this. This is what I love. This is one of my greatest things that I've taken back from mercy culture is on Sunday mornings when Pastor Landon and Pastor Heather preach, it doesn't matter who it is, Pastor Matt preaches, Pastor Les has preached. As soon as first service is over, we go back in the green room and they have invited certain people in to the green room to give them feedback because they want to grow in their communication. So no matter how you think that they are some of the greatest communicators I know, they are leading us in humility by asking us, how can I grow? How can I deliver the message that I just delivered better? And so you'll hear, hey, you can take out that point. You actually don't even need to go there. That's a whole message in and of itself. Or, hey, you know what? You could add in this scripture right here. This will really bring clarity to what you're speaking. I think it'll really tie this together. And so we sit down and we talk through it and they take it. They don't get offended. They take it and they go back up and during second service, they preach the message again. And they ask the Lord, okay, out of that feedback, what was it that I'm supposed to take and change? Or what is it that, you know what? I love Pastor Heather. She's like, "Mm, no, I'm going to stay with this one because this is where I feel the Lord is taking me. And so she'll, if that's where the Lord is taking her, she's very secure in that. And she'll hit on that point. So our, our perspective of feedback is to grow. We Number two is we ask for feedback. This is your responsibility. We welcome and ask for feedback. It's easy to receive when we've asked for it. You are setting yourself up in a posture to receive. Your heart is open now. We welcome the opportunity to hear what's in your heart. Feedback feeds you and causes you to grow fast. We want you or when, when you welcome and receive it, band, you can come up. Number three is when you apply it. Without application, there is no growth. If we just take what somebody has given us that could be nuggets of gold and we just, ah, I don't, I don't need to hear that part. We are giving up what the Lord wants to do. In sharpening us. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Don't be considered a fool. Proverbs 15, 31 and 33 says, The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. I want to dwell among the wise I want to grow in everything that I'm doing. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself. This is against you. If you despise it, it's against you. But he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom and humility comes before honor. Healthy feedback is when it's two ways. Do you give feedback? Do you lean in? Is your heart to sharpen somebody else? Do you receive feedback? How is your heart posture when somebody comes to you and and gives you feedback? 
It's like the lean into awkward. When you feel that feeling that comes up within you of, oh, I don't want to go there. I want to encourage you. Lean into that place because it's ordained by the Lord to be there in that moment. He wants to train us. He wants to teach us. Listen to the wise. Surround yourself. It's a sign of maturity. And I don't know about you, but I want to mature every day. Feedback exposes our weaknesses. When we allow the things that are not good within us to come to the surface, we're allowing the Lord to shine a light on them. This is where healing takes place and we flourish. We're being refined and shapened. When we are, we're viewing this through the lens of the heart of the Father. Remember, we put people first. This is considered improvement. In California, they do something called controlled fires. And it's so that the whole forest doesn't engulf in flames and is uncontrollable. And there's debris at the bottom of the forest. And so they go in and they burn up as much of that debris as they can. so that a natural fire doesn't come along and take down every tree in its path. If we leave that debris, it chokes out the fruit. If we leave that debris and we don't allow the Lord to cut away the things that he needs to cut away, we risk being taken out in a gulf of flames that is uncontrollable. Pastor Kaylee, She'll be here next week, and I'm so excited to hear her teach. She says, when you allow the weeds to stay, you're allowing weakness to grow. So there is something always growing, and it's either a weed or it's a seed from God. What are you going to choose to water? So what will we do? We're going to ask. We're going to ask for feedback. It is nobody else's responsibility. I want to grow. I want somebody to tell me how I can do better. You're going to submit feedback, just like we do prophetic words. Ask the person if you can give them feedback. It prepares their heart to receive it. Our community operates in such health because this value is so valuable to us. When we receive feedback, when it stings, bring it to the Lord. This is why our daily encounters are so important. We get to process these with the Lord and allow Him to grow us. Healing and deliverance is easy in his presence. And what I love is that deliverance has become so easy every day. In every frustration of just our daily walk, the 
the Lord can deliver in an instant. When you're getting feedback, allow him to deal with your heart. So when you give feedback, you're going in with his heart. I want to say that again. When you're getting feedback, allow him to heal your heart so that when you give feedback, you're going in with his heart. It's for the person. And number four, don't be silent. Don't be silent. We need to grow so that others will grow. The people around us, the goal is unity. We want to grow fast so we can run with the vision so that we can then subdue the earth, bringing heaven's justice into our land, into our territory that the Lord has given us. Then we can be the builders. Then we can be the reformers and the repairers and the cultural generational shapers. Bring heaven's justice to this earth. In 1 Corinthians 3, 8 through 10, it says, he who plants and he who waters are one and each will will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. For you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I lay a foundation and someone else will build upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. We want to build a firm foundation that is sturdy, sturdy walls with power. We want it to be clean. We want it to be excellent. And I'm not just speaking about the building over here. I'm talking about the territory which the Lord has given us. We want a place that ushers in his presence because his presence changes everything. And when we're in unity, we get to run fast. Will you close your eyes this morning? This morning in prayer for you, I saw the orphan spirit over our city. Are you being challenged to grow this morning? been afraid to ask for feedback because of past experiences. We say fear go this morning. Holy Spirit come. We shut down the lie of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. This morning I want to apologize to you as a mother of this house if you have felt less than and criticism and feedback has been used as a weapon against you. Will you posture your heart and your hands to give any pain back to the Lord this morning? 
deliverance is easy in his presence? Will you give back that person in your life that has been the most critical to you? Will you forgive that person who has stopped you from growing, who may have caused fear in your life? Will you release them this morning? Because if we're gonna grow in unity and release the yokes of yesterday, we have got to lay down things that have been spoken over us. We have got to forgive what happened yesterday. I wanna grow. This morning I wanna declare over you. So I want you to posture your heart, whether you wanna come to the altar or you wanna stay in your seat. I want to declare as a mother over you this morning, I am proud of you. The Lord is proud of you because you are here this morning. That is a sign that you want to grow, that you know that you need him more than anything else. So I am proud of you this morning. You will grow you will mature. We are going to run fast together in unity this next year. We are going to run fast in unity this next year. Will you be ready to build with us? Will you be ready to reform this city and our nation? This morning, I commission you to preach the good news. Be made ready in this season. And even when it's not the season for you, be made ready. He says, reprove, rebuke, exhort, and complete patience in teaching. Subdue the land and make the crooked ways straight in heaven this morning. Will you make the crooked ways straight with me? Father, we commit to you this morning to giving you our pains and our yokes of yesterday. We will move further, move forward faster today so that we can go faster tomorrow. Jesus, we thank you for your presence here today. God, we just ask you, teach us your ways that we may know you. This is not something that we pray or that we speak after every service. It is the the prayer and the cry of our heart. Teach us your ways, Father, that we may know you, that we may find your favor, that we may find your favor in our city, that we may find your favor in our state, that we may find your favor in our nation today, Lord. We commit to grow in your presence, Lord. I wanna ask you if you have dealt with the orphan spirit to come forward this morning and to let us pray for you. 
This is something I have fought most of my life, having an amazing mother and father. But I lost my parents at an early age. And through criticism that was given in an unhealthy way, it has silenced me. It has caused me to fear man. It has caused me not to receive feedback. So I'm telling you from experience this morning, the Lord is in this place and he wants to heal the wounds. He wants to heal the wounds in your heart this morning that have been placed there by people who I don't even know if they knew what they were doing. From the mother that was critical that you could never be good enough to please her to the father who may have been absent in your life. We serve a good, good father. He wants to meet you this morning. He wants to teach you his ways this morning. our hearts this morning anything that's hidden Lord this morning we submit it to you we give it to you Father God pull out the weeds this morning cut off the dead dry bones that are left Father the decay that has been left behind Lord we give it to you we say cut it off because we want to go we want to carry your healing and your deliverance into our city we want our city healed of the orphan spirit. Will you be mothers and fathers in this city? You don't have to have your own children yet to love on the people of this city. God, we wanna bring your justice into this earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. We will be your hands and feet. We will be the ones that precede the battle. We will tear down the principalities by focusing on you. We will worship you this morning. We will worship you this morning. Come on, worship team, sing. We will worship you, Jesus. When I open up my
you are surrounded by men and women who want to see you grow. Because we see the value that is on your voice, that is in your mouth. And the enemy has fought you so hard, but I want to bring awareness. You are surrounded by men and women who will fight on your behalf. No longer are you going to be tossed to and fro. No longer will you have to question what he has for you. Chip, I'm speaking to y'all right now. 
you have the heart of a mother and a father. And I know the Lord has placed us in y'all's life right now for this season and this time to bind us together because I don't want to do it by myself. You guys have been in this city. You are mothers and fathers in this city. You have the gift of justice on your life. You want to see the crooked ways made straight. Don't be silent. We need to be trained in this way. Chip, you have lived here. You grew up in West Texas and in Waco, Texas. You have authority in this city. Did you know that? You have authority in this city. You are not simple-minded. I feel the lie of the enemy trying to say that you have been simple, that, oh, you're just a nice guy. No, I see a man of God, a warrior that is rising up in you, and you're going to speak differently. You're going to speak with a boldness that you have never spoken with before. So I encourage you, get away with him. Get in your daily encounter time with him. Because there are men in this room who need what you have. Father, I thank you today. I thank you for what you're doing in this room right now, Lord. There is healing and deliverance taking place up here right now. There is freedom in this room this morning. So Father, I thank you.